Welcome to the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Berkhamsted School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day activities through to life beyond Berkhamsted School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. Remarkable community indeed. In this episode of the Berkhamsted Spotlight, we're talking to Amanda Atfield, Head of Design and Technology at Berkhamsted. Amanda's going to tell us all about design and technology, how she gets young students to be passionate about the subject, why it's important to get more girls doing design and technology, and we also get to hear the opportunities A-level students can expect with their qualification. Now, this is a great episode. I'm sure you're going to love it. So let's dive in right now with Amanda Atfield. Amanda, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? Well, I'm on half term currently, so I'm feeling quite relaxed. I've just put some peanuts and bird feeder out for the birds and I've got eight parakeets on the tree at the moment queuing up to to have a go on the peanuts. Wow. Okay, you can see the parakeets from where you are right now, can you? Yes, I can. Yeah, absolutely. From our, our local park, we have a flock of, if that's the right word, a flock of parakeets. A flock of parakeets. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if that is the right uh, collective term for them. I, I've no idea whether <laughs> or not it not. is. I'm sure someone's listening to this, thinking to themselves right now, "It's not flock. It's such and such." So, if that's the case, we'd, yes, we'd love exactly. to hear from those people. Probably something like a gallimaufry or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Amanda, how do you often spend time away from from school? We're, we're going to get into the main purpose of this podcast in a moment, but you know, being on half term, what do you normally do during half term or when you're not at school? Well, I've. I've just come back from the Cotswolds visiting some friends that was amazing beautiful down there just catching up with friends really I think as teachers were often so busy during the week we uh, we don't do the things that most people do just like going to the post office and things like that during the week I know everyone's busy in the week obviously but yeah it's uh, it's quite nice to have that sort of breathing space to do all the things that you normally want to do during the week but you're absolutely right that teaching staff are very very busy during school term time and uh, I, mm-hmm. I think the longer that people work either with schools or in a school, they really start to appreciate that teachers absolutely earn their holidays. I'm not saying this to promote, you know, anything inappropriately, but, you know, the teaching staff really do, in my experience, from what I've seen, earn their holidays. Yeah, I think you're right. And also many of us are, 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 you know, those that don't have children of their own as well, you know, it gives us a bit of a break, but also the sense that people are still planning, marking, you know, they're not... They're not, not working, they're just not in school. No, absolutely right. Okay, so before we talk about design and technology at Berkhamsted, I'd love to understand a little bit about your own education, where you went to school, mm-hmm. and what you did after you left school as well. So I went to school in Waltham Abbey in Essex. It was polytechnic when I went, uh, that's how old I am. Mm-hmm. I did maths, art and English at A-level, and I went on and did a degree in industrial design up at Leicester Polytechnic, which was amazing. I started my career as a point-of-sale designer and then moved into marketing and advertising where I worked for some time. So I've worked in industry for quite some years before I changed career and became a teacher. So I have a sort of you know, history in industry, which I think is really important, certainly for me, in, in, in education. And you say a point-of-sale designer. For people that are listening that might not know what that is, tell us what that is. So I started off by designing, you know, the kind of, the displays that you see in places like Sainsbury's or particularly in chemists, places like mm-hmm. Boots. So, you know, where perhaps cosmetic companies have dispensers for their products, that kind of thing. 
I see. So creating things which have a good user interface, it, do they talk about UX? Is that user experience? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago now and things have moved on massively. But yeah, the, the sense that, you know, it's still about attracting consumers to buy your product over somebody else's, isn't it? And you said as well that you've got a history of working in industry. Tell us why you feel yeah. that's important for someone that's working in a school in design and technology. So, um, you know, I've worked with clients. I understand how to respond to a brief, how to ensure that the product meets the needs of the consumer. I think that's very, very applicable to everything that we do in D&T, um, particularly with the coursework at GCSE and A-level. Oh, this is an interesting question. Do you think that all teaching staff should do something outside of school between leaving school themselves and going to university and then working in a school? Or do you think that in some situations it's okay to go straight from university into working in education? I think that's, a, uh, that's one of those questions that is often raised. I think it's all down to the individual, really. Mm. It's very difficult to, to call that, I think. I wouldn't say one way or another that I have massively strong feelings about it. However, I do think it's been incredibly useful for me. And I have heard many teachers who have had a career before coming into education say that it's been hugely useful to them too. It's that sense of being able to give the students in front of you a sense of how what you're doing might link with the world around you. So mm, mm. I can see how it could be hugely useful, but um, I think that's probably down to the individual teacher to make a call. I guess as well, if you're deeply passionate about getting into education in the first place and you just mm. want to get out there and, and, and serve children through teaching them and working in a school environment, then kind of, you know, why wait? Just get on with it and do it if that's what really what, where your heart is. Absolutely. I think there's benefits in both, isn't there, really? And it's great that, that schools have a mix. You know, that, I think that's probably what's important, that there is a mix of people of different backgrounds and who've arrived at teaching from, from different pathways. Okay, so design and technology or D&T. Uh, for people listening that, yes. that don't actually know what D&T is, tell us in a nutshell what it includes. That's a tricky one because I think the breadth of what we do is vast, really. For me, it's about bringing the real world into the classroom. I mean, we, you know, it's bringing math, science alive in the classroom. It really is, you know, all the, the practical element of what we do really links with the built world. You know, students start to understand how the world around them is made and why it's made in that particular way and, you know, why products are easy to interact with and why some aren't and also... For me, a massive part of it is sustainability. You know, how can we, as designers and engineers and consumers, make the right choices in order for products to be sustainable? Sustainability is one of those words that we hear a lot about in the media, uh, and, and, and I don't think it's overused, but tell us why that's an area of interest for you. Well, it's, it's actually part of our, our specifications, both at GCSE and A-level. I, th you know, I think one of the things we need to teach students about is about the world that they're they're moving into, you know, how they can make the world a better place. And sustainability is a big part of that. OK, so let's go back to some of the younger children in school. I'm thinking about the year sevens for a mm -hmm. moment. I mean, how do you get year seven pupils involved in D&T and, and passionate about that as a subject as well? I think, you know, many students come to us and are absolutely thoroughly engaged in the practical element of what we do. So that sense of being able to learn through doing you know, they learn about woods, metals, plastics. They learn about how to be accurate. They learn about planning in advance. You know, the old uh, measure twice, cut once mm, yeah. uh, is still alive and well in D&T. And they really are motivated by the fact that they 
they get a chance to put their own spin on something. You know, they bring themselves into the classroom in terms of they can change and adapt every product that they make. And also that sense that, you know, they get to take home a made outcome. And that's really motivating. You know, they get to take home things that actually work. And actually useful, maybe a useful item around the house as well. So tell me then how... Yeah, how yes, hope so. Tell me how then how children go from being in year seven and, you know, getting excited about these creations that they can be involved in to yeah. studying this in order for GCSE exams and then A-level beyond that as well. So all that we do at year seven, eight, nine is is preparing them, preparing their knowledge and skills for the GCSE and we have good take up at GCSE, really pleased about that, particularly, you know, growing the amount of girls that take DNT is really important to us. We are 50% coursework, 50% sorry, it's NEA, it's non-examined assessment, which is basically like a coursework, both at GCSE and A level. We think that's hugely motivating that students actually get a chance to own what they do, they own the process, they manage the process, you know, that sense of time management project management side of things I think is really motivating and really reflects you know if they had a brief in industry what would happen you know they're really sort of developing some of those soft skills including things like time management they do research as part of their NEA they identify a client as part of their NEA and they are developing a product based on those clients needs and wants Mm. at GCSE the exam board which we use AQA set three contexts that students can choose from and they're really quite broad and students get to take that in any kind of direction they like um, which is really exciting for them and at uh, at A level they get to make a completely their own brief as well so you know that's that's down to them they can take a product in any direction they like you know it might be something they're interested in particularly like music or ccf or outdoor pursuits or festivals you know they really get to to work on their own interests tell us a bit more about that amanda about the interests that some of the a-level students have and the direction that they might take their work well at the moment we have a wonderful group of of eight year 13 students who are just coming to the end of their nea so the NEA is due in at the beginning of March and we've got a whole variety of products that are being developed. They start with a problem, so they start with a problem and a client. For instance, it might be to do with a client who is visually impaired and has mobility issues and when they come into their house, how do they store things like shoes and how do they easily access them? That's one of ours, which is, is amazing. We've got other students who are working on pods that could be used when people are going on expeditions to help if there were emergencies. We've got somebody else who's working on something to do with hydroponics and actually growing plants in a in a small home environment and actually using food waste in order to make that happen. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've got, you know, a lot of our students do, oh, they all do amazing things and they all, they often pick very, very credible and worthy clients who really do have a specific need. It's not just something that's made up. They refer back to their client. They they try to walk in their client's shoes a little bit. You know, they might do a day in the life to document what it's like to be their client. It's really, it's incredibly involving and engaging in terms of getting to understand the needs and wants of a specific individual. So it sounds to me like a large part of this is finding solutions to existing problems. And I'm using the word problems in a slightly wide term because, you know, it's not necessarily a major problem. It could just be the the concept of making something current better. 
a large part of what we do is is about problem solving, and that starts right from year seven, to be honest. But it, it just maximises as students get older, you know, and particularly for their NEA, that's all about problem solving, and it's an iterative process they go through. Mm. So they start with innovation and creativity of initial ideas, and then they they sort of they take those further, develop them further. They might select one and really sort of do some in depth investigation into the possibilities of that one idea Mm. and it might be something that's completely new and innovative or it might be something that's that's about improving a system or a process that already exists but actually doing so much more with it you know Mm. making it more multifunctional or making it specifically about that particular individual client now one of the things you mentioned a few minutes ago was about the concept of getting more girls into D&T. Now a lot of the yes. people listening to this right now may well have daughters themselves. Certainly the person talking to you right now has has two daughters. Why do you feel that getting more girls into D&T is an important thing? I I think the world needs more female designers or female engineers certainly with they're underrepresented in the field of or well, most of the fields of engineering which is is so sad and I think you know, traditionally engineering has been seen as something that's very male-dominated and very much about perhaps just working with engines. And that's, you know, that, that I think that is changing. I hope that's changing. Mm. I hope subjects like design and technology are, are changing that perception. And that I certainly know from many of our parents that, you know, they're very, very much about encouraging their daughters and their female young female relatives into fields of engineering. I think mm. it's... You know, when we when we have learning consultations with parents, it's, it's always embraced that sense that you know, design and, and engineering could be something that their daughters could move into. Well, I'm sure a lot of people listening again will be applauding what you're saying here now. <laughs> Hope so. And Amanda, you mentioned as well about time management a few minutes ago. Why is that an mm-hmm. important part of D&T? Because without that sort of that sense of being able to project manage and manage your own time, as a student, the NEA is very difficult. And I think that's that's a huge skill that we are helping the, our students to develop. You know, in industry, they will be working on projects that they have ownership of. And whilst we give them milestone dates, you know, mini milestones, it's very much about them managing that time and that process and making sure the evidence is on the page. I think that's really important. <laughs> In fact, one of our A-level students actually went into project management as, as, as one of his careers. And when he went for his interview, he talked very much about D&T and, and what he'd learn in terms of project management from D&T. So I know that even universities now are starting to, uh, to recognise that. So let's talk a little bit about what happens when some of the children leave school. They, they go to university and then they leave university. What kinds of careers do you often find people to step into when they've been studying D&T to A-level? Product design is one of the key ones. There's a growing market of courses now that are linking sustainability to design. And I think that's fantastic. Uh, one of our recent students went into that uh, sort of more of a sort of town, town planning course and I think her D&T will really help her with that mm. and also our students go off and study things like uh, you know any kind of field of engineering really because it gives them a basis of understanding about how about materials processes you know we study things like forces gears pulleys you know mechanical systems those kind of bases of engineering that um, they perhaps wouldn't get in another subject in a practical way 
And out there in the in the world of industry, which companies are there mm-hmm. that you really respect from a D&T point of view? Wow, that's a tricky one. <laughs> I put you on the spot there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you really did. I mean, anything that anybody is doing in terms of, of innovation, I mean, clearly... Dyson is doing amazing things in terms of inspiring the market with innovation, but anything that anybody is doing in terms of sustainability as well, the I think it was Lucy Hughes, the lady who won the 2019 Dyson Award, was just amazing. She's invented single-use plastic that actually comes from waste material, from fish scales. So she's really looking at that sense of uh, the circular economy, which is another aspect of something that we study in DNT. I think she was really inspirational. Wow. I mean, people like, I don't know, really, so many engineering fields out there, so many shortages of engineering. And, you know, most of the engineering companies are international companies now, aren't they? Very much global businesses. You mentioned circular economy. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, so just a sense that, you know, when we're designing and and engineering for products, that it's not just about what the design might be, what the product might be made from, but what happens to it at its end of life. And there's a phrase now that's, that's we, we talk about cradle to cradle instead of cradle to grave of a product. So we're not necessarily thinking about disposal of a product at the end of its life, i.e. is it going to parts of it recycled or parts of it stuck in landfill or parts of it incinerated. We're thinking about how can that product be stripped down so that it's easy to be disassembled so that parts of it can be recycled into other materials rather than simply thrown away at the end of its life. And just on that note, I mean, a number of, of, of industry experts have been promoting the right to repair concept. What are your thoughts surrounding that? Uh, I think that's massive. I mm. think that's something that should be, you know, should be key in legislation. Mm. You know, we shouldn't be having products that have, you know, with planned obsolescence in, you know, the throwaway society that we currently have. Uh, for instance, then when I first joined, I've only been in school for four years, so we were sort of a brand new team. But the Friends of Burke Hampstead kindly fund resources at school, and we were lucky enough to obtain a plastic shredder and heat press. So that means that we can actually recycle some of our, our own polymer waste, mm. which I think is amazing. Our year eights are currently doing uh, a lighting product, a lighting project using our own recycled waste, and it makes a beautiful product. It's amazing. Wow. So, you know, we're, we're really lucky that we are, you know, we talk the talk, but we're also trying to walk the walk. We're trying to, you know, live by some of those important factors. That's encouraging to hear. That's, that's really good, Amanda. That's really good. Now, we're coming to the end of this podcast episode, but two questions that we always ask guests who come on to this podcast is uh, to do with the school. First of all, what have you changed your mind about in the past couple of years? I think I've changed my mind being at Burke Hampstead has changed, has made me feel more positive about the future of D&T. So I've changed my mind about about that because obviously in state schools, D&T is a very expensive subject to resource. But one of the things that's amazing about Burke Hampstead is that the school is really committed to the subject. So, you know, that's what I've changed my mind about. The schools are committed to the subject. Mm. And in those four years, your time at Berkhamsted, what has been your remarkable moment? I think for me it was about we transformed the learning environment, the, the rooms and workshops that we have at Castle at the end of my first year there. So as a team, our new team put that in place, made that happen. And it's a huge difference from what was there originally. And I think that's really motivating for the students and really sets a standard in terms of 
you know, they walk in and it's a professional looking learning environment and that's also going to happen at, at King soon as well so that's fantastic so I think that's that's probably my remarkable moment the transformation of the of the learning environment that that students currently have oh so good so good and before we finish this if anybody's heard this and wants to find out more about dnt at berkhamsted how could they do that they can email me that's absolutely fine i'm always happy to talk about dnt and uh, encourage others to find out more about it best email address for you amanda it's double a double t field at berkhamsted.com double a double t field i like that so a at field double a double t field at berkhamsted.com mm-hmm. perfect well look, thank you so much for your time thank you for giving up your time especially during half term so i hope you managed to uh, get out into the garden and enjoy the parakeets a little bit for this afternoon but thanks for being here and opening up the world of dnt to us i really appreciate it you're welcome it's been wonderful thank you so that's it for this episode to find out more check out the school's website berkhamsted.com And our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.